to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. And as always, I'm honored that you're joining me this week. Now, I hope each week um, (laughs) you feel my passion and you understand my mission to change that word sales from icky, sleazy and manipulation so that we can shift our paradigm of thinking. So every time we're in a sales conversation with a client prospect, doesn't matter. We want to come from a place of love, care and respect to help you on that journey. Of course, I have a free gift. Go to my uh, in the show notes. You'll see my free communication style assessment. Two reports, one showing your natural superpowers of how people are perceiving you in the world. Kind of important to know that you want to lean into those strengths. The flip side, we have our lowest style or the the way we don't communicate. And I shine a light by sharing a report on that blind spot. And hopefully that helps you again, just show up a little bit more authentic, authentically and from love um, by that using that free gift. Additionally, if you're loving the show, please, please subscribe, rate, and review. Then you don't miss an episode. And if you really love me, share with your peeps. Um, I just love being shared and uh, sharing the love around the world. So I'm honored um, that you are here, and I am honored that you uh, support the show. So my motivational quote today is by, of course, the amazing Zeth Godin. And he says, a brand is the set of expectation, expectations, memories, stories, and relationships that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. Now, I know if you've been following me, you know, you've heard me say marketing and sales, two very different things. They're equally important, but they're very, very different. I'm great at sales. Anything sales related, I'm your gal. Anything marketing related, I'm not your gal. Even though they are, um, they're both key ingredients, I think, for business and career success, Building the right brand is important so that we can attract the right clients. Now, I've hired people to help me because I can't do it on my own. Um, As we built the Changing the Sales Game and rebranded Changing the Sales Game, my tagline is getting you off the bench and in the game. It's pretty cool, right? Well, I needed help to to discern and come up with that tagline. And the fact is businesses need more than marketing. We need storytelling of our brand. And my amazing guest today is Kate DeLeo. Uh, And Kate is a brand architect who has partnered with more than 200 organizations to craft brands that bring more prospects to the table, more users who click, and more customers who buy. So Kate, thank you so much for being on. I am excited to have you. This is a good conversation. Well, thank you, Connie. I'm thrilled to be here. And it is going to be a fun conversation. And I'm excited to talk all about sales and the tie to with branding because my friend, I came from a sales background. That is my background. And that's how I fell into branding. So I can't wait to talk with you about the alignment between brand and sales. And that's the important piece, right? Marketing, branding, sales, they're married. They live in the same house. They have very different roles in building the relate. For me, it's always building the relationship with the client. So this is, this is important, clearly not my zone of genius. So I love having guests on like you, Kate. So let's kick it off. Tell us a bit about how you you said you went from sales and now into (laughs) branding. How did that transpire? All right. I'm going to tell you a crazy story, but I call myself, I always joke, I call myself an accidental brand strategist because I certainly did not go to school to do this. You know, I, I was in academia. I actually had planned to pursue a PhD in linguistic and cultural anthropology, really wanted to be a professor and teach that. And then the market crashed. 
And here I was, and I had a professor that looked at me and he said, Kate, listen, we love you. We know that you love this work, but we don't really know where this field of study is going to be in the next 10 years. And you're young. I just think that you should get out of academia for a little bit, go get a job, pay off your debt. So my Italian father was like, yes, please leave my house and pay off your debt. We love you so much, but it's time to go now. So I did. I left, I left, left academia and I, I went and I got a sales job and I share this because it was in that first sales job, which by the way, I took a job to cold call IT professionals and sell them $2,500 training classes. Dumbest sales job you can take, right? IT people love to be sold and love to be called. Come on. But I take this job, Connie, and it's one of those sink or swim moments, right? Because they get, they put you through the sales training. They give you the sales scripts. They subscribe all your leads to a drip marketing campaign and they go, good luck. Go smile and dial 40 dials a day. Yep. And I'm in there and a couple weeks and I'm going, oh my God, nothing's working and I'm going to be out of a job really quickly. So <laughs> broke. Oh, yes. So being the, the, being the problem child that I was, I decided to throw out the sales scripts, unsubscribe everybody from the marketing campaigns. And I was like, all right, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to try this my way. So I took a step back and Connie, what I did is I really stepped back and I said, hold on. If I were on the other side of this call right now, what would I actually want to know? to want to have a conversation with somebody. And you know what it was? I tested out a theory of a simple brand pitch that I've now spent more than a decade proving out based on buyer psychology and helping almost actually almost 300 companies use. And it's very simple. All I did is I called these people up and I told them three things in a brand pitch. Hi, my name's Kate. This is what we do. This is how we can solve your problem at this company. Oh, and this is how we're different. One, two, three. And then I shut up. It worked. I got the responses. I got the emails. It worked, Connie. I ended up running a $1.2 million a year quota. At, do the math at $2,500 a pop. How many classes you have to sell? And nice. I was over 100% of quota. Nice. I ended up getting recruited out to go build brands based on this formula. So I worked in agency setting and then in corporate America. And I honestly, I was just a side hustler for many years. I was building brands on the side. Oh, while having kids and building my family. And then about three years ago, I did take this full time. So now we are here, 2022, almost 300 companies I've worked with uh, building brands. So cool. Now I'm laughing because (laughs) when I started my career, Kate, 40 years ago. Okay. I remember the same exact thing. They put you through the training. They give you the script. In my day, they gave us, they gave us, that was cold calling, but they gave us a phone book because we did not have internet. We did not have anything. Yeah. So I'm a dutiful employee. I did what I was told. I picked up the phone. I read their script. It was horrifying. So I remember I had quit a very good job with a salary to take this full commission job, right? I thought I could do the sales thing. And I remember that guy I was living home at the time. And I, I thought, I'm going to be broke if I can't get an appointment. So intelligence, right? I'm like, I'm intelligent. Let me look at the script they gave me because it was it was not how I spoke. It was uncomfortable. Right. But I did take from it the framework that from that script, yeah. what the flow of that phone conversation should sound like. And I right. created my own and I still use it with my corporate clients and my private clients. It's a template. Just like you just shared that three point template. My objective is going to be different than the next person. I don't need a script. I need that template so I can fill in what I do, what makes me different and how I can solve the problem. And I figured that same thing out 40 years ago. Mine was not, I didn't know it was branding because we didn't have that word branding back then. That's right. It was survival, Kate. Yeah, right. 
in the world of sales, it is survival. But you know, it's so interesting. And I, this is why I love talking about this. And I have this philosophy that your brand is your path of least resistance to revenue. It's the ability in 15 to 20 seconds to tell people those three things, right. what you do, how you solve their problem, how you're different. And honestly, Connie, isn't that the stuff that's going to get somebody on the other end of the line to go, now that's interesting. I want to have a conversation. I, I think that we complicate this idea of branding. Like, oh, that's just a marketing thing. No, 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 no. Hold on. Brand is kind of this glue that aligns sales right. and marketing. It's right. really the top of the house. If you think about the organization, it's actually the stuff that holds those two pillars together. It's the unity of what you're saying and to whom in an authentic way that's going to resonate at a heart level with your audiences. Heart level. You talk about respect and care. Your brand is all about that. It's about really speaking to somebody as a human and creating a relationship, not a transaction. So that somebody goes, oh my, you get me. Yes, I want to talk with you. Okay, let's talk. It's fascinating because we're defining, and, and, and you're exactly right. Branding is such an important component. I think through my career, um, branding wasn't, it was being done. I don't know that it was a thing. And now that we're more digitized, you know, we're more online, we have websites, all of that, that branding component, at least during my lifetime, has become really critical because there's so much noise in the marketplace where years ago, everything was word of mouth or mailings. We did physical, you know, snail mail. Yes. that, that branding now, I think, has become exponentially important. And I like how you say it's almost the glue that ties everything or ties everything together. Yeah, it's, it's, what's fascinating, too, is when I work with companies, and they could be any sort of size, right? You could have an individual founder, or solopreneur, too. I've worked with large enterprise companies. You know, I will never take a project unless, A, the founder is in the room. Yeah. Because they hold the keys to the messaging. B, there better be marketing and sales present. Yes. And I want that sales team there. And it's funny, Martin says, well, but this is our, uh-uh. nope. I need sales in the room. They're the boots on the ground. They're going to be the ones to shoot the holes in this. I need to have both of you in alignment so that whatever drip campaigns you're doing over here is the same message that somebody shows up with their pitch in the room and, call, and cold calling and has coming out of their mouth and running their demos. This has to be aligned yep. so that the customers feel like, yeah, this is the same thing. This is the singular message. This is the singular perspective. And so again, it's, it's alignment. It's all about alignment. And it happens all the time. I love that you say, no, 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 no. All the parties have to be present. Um, almost like a non-negotiable because it has to be. And I love that because I, I can't tell you the number of times I have a lot of corporate clients and I go in and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we have this campaign. We're pushing on sales. We're pushing. What do you mean pushing? Uh What if the clients aren't coming in for that campaign? Where did this campaign come from? What's the expectation, right? Who's monitoring? I have them and they go, oh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know marketing, marketing, marketing. And I think marketing has to talk to the person who's, who's whatever that product or service is that they're promoting in the marketplace. There has to be a combination of of conversation because, and and I deal with banks a lot, right? Kate, so let's say they have a credit card promotion. 
Everybody walking in does not need a credit card. So if everybody walks into the branch and the first thing you say, hi, welcome to XYZ Bank. Have you heard about our home equity promotion or have you heard about our credit card promotion? It becomes offensive because I don't own a home I rent. Why are you talking to me about a home equity? Or I'm trying to get rid of debt. I don't need any more credit cards. So that sometimes marketing, it's like, let's throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And that becomes real hard for the sales team. So I love what you're saying, having everybody present and make sure all the wheels on the bus are going in the same direction, right? Yeah, the reality is is that it's so funny. Um, I was teaching this workshop yesterday to a group of of founders out of New York City, and um, they're coming through an accelerator program. And they said, well, Kate, but at what point do we talk about all the cool features and benefits and product (laughs) offerings and this and that? I said, oh, that's a great question. I said, you know what the truth is based on buyer psychology? They said, what? I said, Nobody gives a crap about your products and services yet until you can actually tell them what you do, how you solve their problem and how you're different. And it's only when you tell them that in the first 30 seconds that one of two things is going to happen. You want both to happen. The wrong people will self-select out and say, not for me and let them go. Let them go. They're not right for you. And the right ones will go. Now that's interesting. So how does that work? Or what offerings do you have? Or what does that look like? Do you know what happens is when I talk about conversations that convert, a brand message, those three components that I talked about, tell me what you do, tagline. Tell me how you solve my problem, value proposition statement. Tell me how you're different, the one, two, three big bullets on the website that said, like called differentiator statements. You can lay that out and you can speak it, you can show it. Here's the fascinating part. 15, 20 seconds read, 15, 20 seconds spoken. It brings people to the point of conversion on a website. Once they do that, it's when they would click to watch your explainer video or go to your product or services page. I'm not kidding you. In a conversation, it's when they ask the how, what question in a sales conversation where they go, that's interesting. So how does that work? Like what packages do you offer, Kate? Or, well, so I have this thing happening over here. Can you two fix that too? That's right. You got them. And you did it all by allowing them to self-select throughout the process. You pushing we pushing icky. Don't do that. Don't self-selection. If they're not a right fit, that's okay. There's so much business to be had. We don't have to force the square peg in the round hole. Right. I want to talk about your book. So you recently published the book, right? It's um, muting the megaphone aimed at founders, marketers, and sales professionals, right? Stop telling stories and start having conversations. Yes. Yes. Okay. Talk to me about the book. Why the book? What's the content or, or concept within the book? Sure. Um, but why'd you write the book? I'm so, I love hearing that from authors. Well, first of all, I never wanted to write a book. Okay. Can I just like, is that you had asked me two years ago, okay, you should write a book. And I said, that's the dumbest idea. Nobody has time for this, right? No, honestly, Connie, what happened was, is this was just really something that came along on the hinges of a number of my clients and my friends asking me, what's the formula? What's the formula? You teach this, you do the same thing for every company. What's the formula? How, what would you give me practical step-by-step? And I thought, okay, It's time to write the formula in a way that people could actually follow. And so this book is only a hundred pages. It is, I mean, get the highlighter out. It's just, you're just going to underline the stuff. It's step by step by step by step by step. No fluff. I don't like fluff. I'm a bit of an anti-fluff, anti-marketer. I'm a total pragmatist. So for me, this was my marching orders as if I were to go through the checklist of how to write this. This is what I do with every single company. And the precipice is this. I say, stop telling stories 
and start having conversations because you know this, we are in the age of megaphone marketing. We are inundated with sales funnel pages galore that go down 75 million words and you don't know where to click and what to buy. We are inundated with special offers and features and benefits and buy this and do this. And you know what the thing is, is we are overwhelmed, we are exhausted and we are going deaf. What our consumers want and what we want is not to be told a story. We want to be given an opportunity to have a conversation. Absolutely. That's what great branding does. Storytelling is a one-way monologue. One person talking, making it all about them, and one person listening. How is that supposed to engage your customers and prospects? Great brands do not tell stories. They create conversations. Each piece of your message, tagline to value proposition statement to differentiators, it provokes that person internally or allowed to go, interesting, what do you mean by that? Hold on, tell me more about that. Right. Wait a allowing room for them to engage and respond. Really what I'm teaching is how do you take a sales approach to branding? How do you create a conversation? Can we get back to the simple days of just having conversations with people? Absolutely. You know, and you're spot on with this because what I find, and I I do this often where um, I have the, the, my client will videotape, you know, a Zoom call with the client because I'd like to unpack it and say, this was really good. Phraseology was good. You went too fast here. Did you see you lost the client? Look at their body language, right? So the visuals are very helpful when we're improving our whole sales conversation, presentation, all of those pieces. And inevitably, I, I say to the client, now let's turn the volume off and watch, watch the body language and watch who's talking. And inevitably, the salesperson or the business owner, whoever it is, is talk, 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 talk. And you see the customer, the client, prospect, whoever it is, nodding their head. So I say, what's the problem here? There's no sound. What's the problem? And they go, oh, the client, the client isn't even part of the conversation flag on the play. That's a problem because there has to be that engagement because if I'm talking at them, I don't know, not only, and and I love how you said this, you said, I can help you with blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, how? And then as you're sharing the how, right? Oh, I think this will work for you. That'll work for you. And they go, what about, I have this other problem So now it's not just a single sale. You're actually going to create a package that's customizable for that person in front of you. If we don't have a conversation, we we don't get to the point where we know we can sell even more. And, And when I say sell more, yay for me, that's great, but yay for the client because you're serving them bigger and better and solving more problems, solving more problems. That's right. That's what they want. That's what they need. And that's why they're going to hire you. It's not about, oh gosh, she sold me a package. You know, she ripped me off. It's, oh gosh, she sent me the package that was perfect for me and my business or my career or my situation. So really important, the difference. The other thing I wanted to just comment on is stories. I think people are getting confused at the usage of the story. I do That's think right. stories, right? The stories are important, but you have to get the person, the hook. And I don't mean that in a bad way. The hook for me is when I see my prospect or client almost lean in like, what did you just say? Can you expand on that? Right. That curiosity. Great. And exactly. engagement, right. So the okay. story comes after that. But go ahead, that's tell me that's what- right. That's right. So let's, let's put it this, this way. Stories are what we call context. They're great. They're examples. 
you said, how did you get started? So let me tell you a quick story. Let me give you a quick example just for context for a second. Or right. you deliver the brand, you tell them what you do, you tell them how you solve their problem, you tell them how you're different. They go, that is so interesting. So what do you, tell me a bit more. And you go, let me give you an example. Let me tell you a quick story here. So do you see how stories Absolutely. come? What we're talking about here is order of operation. I just want you to get it in your head. This is about formula. Brand is formula. It's a pure, pure formula of how you get somebody to the point where they want to hear the stories. They want to hear the context. They want to hear the how and the what and the cut features and the benefits and the customization. What I'm trying to get people to understand in the world of sales and marketing is I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's right. It's about recognizing that nobody's ready to hear that yet until you can tell them those three pieces with your brand pitch. That's right. And That's if you do that, you've opened the door for this beautiful back and forth. You can give the stories, you can give the context, and it's going to make sense for that person. You're, you're putting the horse before the cart. It's the cart before the horse. It's just a formula. It's yes. logic, right? And it works. That's the other thing because you've rinsed and repeated it. And now I've written this book. Now you state that brand is the path of least resistance or path to least, um, re least resistance and to revenue. Talk to me about what you mean by that, because I agree, but I want to hear your concepts. With All that. right. All right. Well, you know how we talk about this being the stuff that gets the person to go, okay, I want to have a conversation. Well, can we talk metrics for a second here? Okay. If we're going to get really practical for a second, what are the metrics that a great brand impacts? All right. So number one, in the world of B2B, the things that you should be thinking about that directly impact revenue and bottom line are, first and foremost, if somebody hears or sees your message and they self-select in and out, you're going to have a higher number of qualified prospects that come to the table. Number two, you will have a higher close rate, clearly, because they saw the message, they heard the message, they felt understood, they come to the table, they have the conversation, and like, this is exactly what I need, hello. Third, and this is fascinating, what we find both for like revenue and then bottom line impact is that your sales cycle decreases. Yeah. Because think about it. Instead of somebody getting on the phone with you and going, so tell me what you do, Kate. They're like, oh my God. So when you told me that one thing and I saw this on your website, I love that. Now here's the specific thing that I'm dealing with. Connie, can you solve that for me? Well, how much farther along are they in self-selecting and already knowing that they want to get a price from you? Right. Think about it. So what I actually see as a direct correlation that my clients are experiencing is that their sales cycles decrease. Hallelujah. In the B2C world, if you're selling a product, same things. You've got conversion rate. You've got number of orders, number of purchases, number of sales, of course. And also what comes on the hinges of that for sales cycle is we find that we have what's called, you know, metrics around shopping cart abandonment. Or we see as well, you know what I'm saying? We also yes. see other sales cycle in the B2C world as well. Yes. So I want you to just understand that there's a direct correlation between brand and revenue and bottom line every single time. And if we could amp it up, right? Turn up the volume, speed up the process, right? It's money in the bank, but even beyond that, right? Because on sales, it is, it is, we do want to make money. But for me, that's that's the byproduct of serving people quicker, that's better, right. faster, right? Getting them to get the return on their time, return on their investment, moving the needle for whatever it is that their their health, whatever, whatever it is that their um, objective is. Um, the faster we can do it, the better. Everybody wins. I like a win-win-win, right? The company wins. 
wins, the the, the salesperson wins or the, the person and the product and the client wins. It's Come the on. trifecta win. If we don't have the trifecta win, I like it's almost is the equation right, right? Like are we are we really selling to the right person? And um, I hundred percent agree. And I'll tell you this, we're not even talking about referrals. Okay. You want to see loyalty programs and referrals kick into gear when your brand is on point and you've delivered a promise and a message that's very clear, but what you do, what you don't do and very just articulate and to the point. And it just kind of almost somebody goes, Oh my God, you just read my mail. You know, that's what a great brand does. Listen, when you can hit that with a great brand message and then you deliver on that, what do you think happens to your referrals versus you have a messy brand message. I kind of think I know what you're going to do. And then you deliver your thing and the customer's like trying to make a connection in their mind between what you originally said and then what you did. Yeah. See, great brands are so honest and true and they talk about truth in two ways. They're honest with what their capabilities are, but they're really honest about what pain they can solve for somebody and having that person feel so understood. That's really the bottom line. But it, it, again, it's that clarity. <laughs> if we have clarity in our brand, we have clarity in who our target market is. They self-select in. We have qualified leads, clarity of getting in front of the right people. I'm clear in my sales presentation, yes. my sales conversation. They're clear in how I'm going to clear when there's clarity in at, going through the entire process. That's people make decisions when they have a clear objective and a clear knowledge of how it's going to, it's going to provide the solution for them. A hundred percent. Exactly. And that's, what's really exciting. And that's why I say that brand is the glue because what I find is so fun when I see companies that really take the time to look at their messaging and really sit down and refine it as a collective team, we see the biggest aha moments in what are you even offering and why, who are you talking to and why? Can we simplify this a little bit? Why are you offering 30 products when you could offer three that have your best margins and the happiest customers? Um, And same thing with who you're going after. You know, the thing that I always say is, well, you are not in the business of convincing. You are in the business of converting. It is not our job with our brand and our sales and our marketing to try and convince anybody and everybody to buy from us. No, our job is to convert the ones that have self-selected have come to the table because they had a brand that resonated with them deeply and they go, yes, I want that. Well, it goes back to, we want to do, we want to solve, we want to help everybody, which I love, right? We're heart centered. We want, and I, I love people like that because you do want to help everybody. You don't want to limit yourself, but then the disaster is, but then you're, I could do that. I could do that. Then you're like with a chicken without a head, instead of staying very focused, because you know what? All of those other people will find you once you're clear with who your original deep, deep dive target market is, the rest of the players come to the table uh, right. because they'll find you because there's, cla- again, it's all about the clarity. I have a, we're almost out of time, but I have a question. What's the one big thing that everybody listening that you want them to take away and implement like today after they- Oh my God. What would you do? Okay. Remember those three things I was saying about for your brand. I need you to go look at your messaging right now and go, do we have a tagline that answers the question? What do you do? Do we have a value proposition statement that clearly says, here's how we solve your deepest heart pain. And do you have a set of differentiators? The one, two, three big bullets of how you are different and better than the rest. I want you to go look at that messaging and you better go find that on your website. And then now go look at your sales scripts. And your email campaigns, is it there? 
Yeah. Is it in the wrong order or is it in that order? Like we talked about, because I think if you can get that nailed and put it in the right order, you will create brand conversations that convert. Again, it's that consistency of the clarity. See, again, that's the word of the show. It's clarity, right? (laughs) Yes, it is, Connie. I love it. I love it. Um, Any other quick tips for uh, people listening? Yes. Hey, you're close to your brand. You eat, breathe, sleep this every day. Get an outside set of eyes. That doesn't mean you need to hire a huge agency. You don't even necessarily need to hire a brand architect like myself. But I want you to find somebody that knows how to write. I want you to find somebody that writes for a living. And and ideally, I want you to find somebody that's written taglines before, that's written brand before. Go find this person that has a great job because you're so close to it. What's the tendency when we write? We create this corporate mumbo jumbo and paragraph upon paragraph of content. Yes. So to pull up and out of that, whether you are a sales professional and you're a whiz at creating sales scripts or a marketing professional who creates email campaigns, I want you to find somebody that their job that they're really good at is that wordsmithing. And if you can get that person in the room with you guys to do this, I guarantee you, you're going to come up with that really crisp, sharp, on point language that's going to resonate with your audiences. Yeah. And you're right, because we can't see the forest from the trees for ourselves because we're just so darn close to it that I got to include that. I got we can't discern what are those three bullets? Like, what are the three really critical bullets that people are going to stop and go, wait, what'd you say? Wait, what did I just read? But we're too close to it. Again, you can't see the forest from the trees. It's really true. I I know for myself, you know, I've hired people because I'm not good at the written piece. I could talk them up a storm, but when you start to ask me, kind of shrink it down into copy, I, I, not my zone of genius. It's not my jam. So that's the other thing too, Kate, right? We have people like you, out in the world that could help us business owners and, and organizations uh, because we, and this is the other fault I see or, or flaw, I know. And again, I'll speak for myself as a, as a business owner. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. No, you can't. No, uh, you can't. 21 so years true. of business. Yeah. No, you can't. You got to start. And, and I know we're like, oh, well, let me save the money. But the reality is if you're out doing your business development and creating new business, because that's your zone of genius, it's your business. You created it right. for a reason. Hire the people. You'll get in front of more people. And then that that cost, the return on the investment, your time, your return on the time becomes exponential. And the cost factor of the branding, you know, architect like yourself or whatever, it, it becomes nominal. Really, really in the in the it long really, run. It really does. And I'll tell you what, my friend, I lean on such beautiful experts in other parts of my business all sure. the time. I didn't build my website. I don't do certain things. And you know what? What's exciting to me is as a business owner, we talk about relationships. I get to support other small business owners that can come in and guide me with their zone of expertise. And we, we really rub off on each other. And it's really fun to see this relationship build where you go, wow, if I stay in my lane and they stay in theirs, what could we do together? What, what, how does that actually impact everybody here in a positive way? Yeah. And then there's one more piece to that. As I get to know the people who have helped me, what do you think I do? I refer to them. Exactly. I vetted them. I love them. I'm getting the return on the investment. I can confidently every day. 
every day, every day, spending that money, spending that time, giving up what isn't your natural zone of genius and bringing someone else in that they could become a long-term partner. And that partnership can, can reap even more um, revenue because you're going to start referring to each other. Again, stay in your lane, know what you're good at. Don't try to be good at everything. I hear all the time people make, they're really good at marketing and they go, Oh yeah, yeah. I can teach sales. I'm really good at sales. And I think, no, you're not like you're, you're good. You're not great because sales isn't your main focus. Just like marketing. I could tell someone, I think your marketing's off and they go, what do I need to fix it? I don't know. I have a friend Kate that I need to introduce you to. That's like I, saying I would need to know SEO. I don't do SEO. I don't do data analytics. Right, I don't run HubSpot right. campaign. Come on now. That's right. You know, I just think that we have to own it and be totally okay as a brand, as individuals, as entrepreneurs and leaders Stay in your lane. Great brands own their own zone of expertise. And when you can do that, boy, oh boy, like attracts like. For sure. And that's the other thing. You attract the right vendors for yourself, but then you become referring partners. It's such an intimate friendship that we love and trust each other. And then what do you do? You want to brag. Oh my God, I know what you need, Kate. She's amazing. Look what she did for me. And then people go, no, I need her. Bingo. (laughs) Bingo. I... We're aligned. I love yeah, it. I love it. I love it. So everybody, you all need Kate in your life. I'm willing to share. Her website is Kate Dilio. Did I say that right? Dilio? Dilio. Yeah. Dilio. Dot com. And if you have an email, you have a question for her, please go directly to her email. It's kate at katedelio.com. Of course, I will put that in the show notes and buy her book. Uh, one more time. What's the name of the book? Muting the Megaphone. Amen, sister. (laughs) And you know what I love about that? Because we all picture, I'm visual, right? So muting the megaphone, you know, you have this thing coming out of your mouth where it's projecting for 10 miles and you can hear it, right? It's so loud out there. The noise is ridiculous. And we really do have to differentiate ourselves. We have to turn down the volume on certain things so that we could turn up the volume on the right things to attract the right clients. So I just love that. I I love, I love the name of the book. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. A real joy. And yes, um, thank you yeah. so much for yeah, having me, Connie. This yeah, everybody, was a great conversation. They, they could buy the book, right, Kate? It's, there, it's it, available right now on my website. Go right over to katedelio.com and you can grab it. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much. Good summer reading, peeps. Um, thank you again, Kate, for being thank on. You. Um, great conversation. I love, I love branding, marketing, and sales. Three very different things. Tethered together, baby. They are married. So uh, yeah, thank you for defining that further for my listeners because um, I, I think there's confusion with marketing, branding, and yeah. sales. A lot of confusion out there. Yeah. So thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together. No matter where you are on your journey as it relates to changing your sales game, we really, my guests and I, want to get you off the bench into the game so that you could shine your, your, your light so brightly and change the world. Um, one person at a time, one thought at a time. My guests and I hopefully shared some stories and tips and strategies that you can bring to the bank, apply immediately, um, and start to see the results. Um, 
Um, thank you. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. As always, I am honored to have you on this journey of business and career and life. And I hope that my guests and I help you move the needle in whatever aspect you're focusing on. Thank you so much. Have an inspired week. And again, what is your brand? And we do have personal brands as well. So stop, think, and explore. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.